This episode is with 15-year-old millionaire entrepreneur Eric Zhu. I can't wait for you to hear how he did everything. But first, a quick word about SoRare. SoRare is the best fantasy sports game out there. And get 20 cards today when you sign up free using the info in the description or on any of my socials. Enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today, we have one of the most impressive young entrepreneurs on the planet, Eric Zhu. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yo, what's up? Great, great to be here. So just to set some context, you're 15 years old, you've been a part of multiple startup exits, you've raised a $20 million fund, and you're doing all of that while still being a sophomore in high school? Yeah, the, the, the bathrooms are at, so it's a really nice place there. So for those that don't know, you take your meetings uh, during the school day from the high school bathroom. How did that begin? So initially I was, uh, so I was, uh, I had a call in the janitor's closet because funds take calls from nine to five and a lot of people take calls from nine to five. Right. And so I just hopped in the janitor's closet, took a call and midway through that I got kicked out because they're like, don't do your stuff over here do it somewhere else. And I just went to the bathroom and it kind of just stuck there. Um, and then, you know, recently I, I convinced my counselor that like urinary issues like this year. And uh, I could go to the bathroom whenever I want. So I had this like pink pass and, you know, it's been, it's been pretty cool. Um, but, but yeah, and then we hired some kids from our school, um, you know, thought they were super crack. One of them, they hacked the middle school grade system. And I was like, holy shit, you're really smart. And, you know, now we just cork in the bathroom all the time. But yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. You've got, you've got the equivalent of like a courtside seat VIP pass to the bathroom. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty nice. It's interesting because, like, you know, some of it adds to the effects. Like, usually some drug dealers come in, puff up a massive storm or hotbox in the stall. Or, like, you know, someone takes a massive shit in the stall next to you. Like, people find it so interesting. And, you know, they would tell other people. And it's actually been really, really effective for sales calls, too. So, <laughs> it's so walk, been, uh, walk it's me been through that. Why, why is being in the bathroom on a pitch effective? <laughs> it's it's different because it's like no one go no sane person's gonna go to the bathroom and take a call there right you know and we're probably the only one so yeah it's and it actually goes viral incredibly fast which is crazy so well it's true because you are quite literally <laughs> shit posting yeah shit posting yeah shit <laughs> on twitter and everything <laughs> yeah, that's where it's at. So a, a lot of people, when they hear your story, obviously they don't believe it because how could most people don't even know if I'm real? So right, I, I saw that um, <laughs> you are real, uh, and I didn't Maybe. even know if you were real, you know, and until this because the concept of a 15 year old with multiple exits, I mean that there was no time in history where that could have been possible, right? Uh, like pre-internet, that is quite literally impossible because of the manual labor it would have taken uh to build something but in this in this age you're basically the first to where that's there's actually possible. a ton of little kids there there's actually a ton of i guess people under 18 now that right I, it's mainly because of quarantine right you know like when everyone's online it was sort of like the best time to start because the only people that weren't online were like people that were too old or too young and those are not the people that you usually talk to right and, you know, really with like, um, yeah, like really you got essentially to meet everyone. Right. And I guess some people utilized it pretty well. So it was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting times. Yeah. That, that is an interesting credit to make. I remember, uh, 
you know, when I was 12 or 13, I started my first sports media company. It was, you know, it was, it was basketball. It was because Facebook had just launched pages and it was like this huge thing. And I used, I made accounts in different locations so that uh, I was able to access the features that were being tested in different markets before they're available in the U.S. And that's how I was able to like leverage the initial build. Um, and then there, I remember there were a bunch of other people in like random cities around the country that were doing the same. And that was like, you know, a version of that back then, but it feels like you, like you are the future here. You are building tech companies at 15, which, uh, and, and younger as well. How did you get into that? And what was sort of like the access point for you? Was it all credit to quarantine? Yeah, it was so I so basically it was like three years ago, right? And I got my first computer and it was like during quarantine, my parents are first gen immigrants to the US, so they still don't really know what I do. But basically they get so they kinda gave up. They gave me my first computer. I've really never used I guess, you know, we, we only had like one computer in the house, right? And then during quarantine we were just all bored out of their our minds. And she kinda gave up. She used to be like really, really anti gaming. And, you know, then during quarantine, she had no choice. So she bought all of us a, a laptop. And essentially, like, I would just start making YouTube channels, like Roblox videos, right? You know, that was, a, I, was I was eighth grade back then, or actually seventh grade back then. And I just started making a bunch of, like, Roblox videos. And, you know, one day when I was, like, making these YouTube videos, I saw this Elon Musk game, and it was to this club called Hat Club, right? This, like, club of, like, teenage coders where... You know, you had, you had a bunch of like people that were really, really smart. And it was like, okay, great. This is like an online community. I've never heard of that. This sounds cool. And I kind of got into it. And basically, I got banned on the first day for trolling. And, you know, some people thought it was funny. It was this, uh, some kids from this school called Stanford Online High School. It was this, you know, online high school that was like super prestigious. Son of Elon goes there. A ton of really, really, really smart people go there. And, you know, they were all working on this one startup and I was like, you know, how, how can I get involved? And I just like pretended that I knew how to do marketing and how to code. And I got into there, uh, got a product role there and, you know, got them from 300 users all the way to 10,000 users just by, you know, posting a ton of different or like just spamming Discord servers, like, you know, two to three hours a day, right? Uh, you know, for a month straight and it, just like be a part of it. And, you know, that kind of just like sat and then I was like, okay, cool. So there's, there's these communities, there's so many smart people. How can I be someone to like them? And, you know, like they all knew how to code. So I built a nonprofit to teach myself how to code and teach other people how to code. Um, you know, always hated Udemy. So basically built that nonprofit and I learned how to code through that. And then after that, I ran a hackathon with the son of Elon Musk backed by Elon, which is pretty cool or backed by Tesla. And then, you know, after that, um, basically, you know, San Francisco was sort of like this Discord server back then, right? It's called Gen Z Mafia, um, you know, and um, I used to run this like freelancer thing because startups would pay so much for so little tasks. And I would just go into there, get jobs and then outsource it to someone from India, right? You know, because the tasks these are, are so simple. These are coding jobs. It, yes. Yeah. You know, coding, uh, SEO. And then one day I saw this um, thing. It was like this thing called called Carbon Zero. They're this climate fintech, and I was like, okay, so this is this is really really cool. Um, you know what? What can I like? How can I get into it? So I called him the founder, and I didn't expect anything. And then he tweeted about it. He's like, you know, there's this 13 year old that reached out to be a growth lead, right? And you know, I was like, they're I guess their fourth or fifth person that joined there, and basically, you know, I 
be, had to be like legal and intern because those 13 back then couldn't really get a job legally. Um, but technically it was their growth lead and, you know, got them on, I guess, still out of growth for them. I uh, got them on the same press release as one of their competitors. And then they ended up getting bought out because of that press release, which is pretty cool. And now the founder is one of the, he, he's the founding team at Royal. If you've heard of that through that music NFT thing, they just raised like 71 million. Sure. I think he recently left too, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been cool. And then after that, I started my own company, which is an ed tech, uh, scaled about 49,000 people on a wait list, about 50 schools. Um, you know, we blew up in Poland out of everywhere. And then, you know, we, uh, we were on the Poland National News, had a partnership with University of Warsaw, and then that got acquired last year. And then after that, you know, became a venture scout, kind of skirted around for a bit, uh, and started Aviato. And, you know, it's been, it's been interesting. We're like a year in, uh, raised like a little bit over a million in the bathroom of our school. We're backed by the founder of GitHub, you know, owners of the Sacramento Kings, and a ton of really, really cool people uh, all in the bathroom, which is pretty interesting. And, you know, we're build- basically building this search engine for startups, right? Because like PitchBook is like really, really good for like M&A, private equity, and hedge funds absolutely horrible if it's like this early investment signals and that's what early or it's absolutely useful for like early stage investing because like venture capital is just way way more subjective signals versus like the valuation data so on and so forth right and you know it's like let's just say you're a fintech founder and someone leaves from like stripe brex open ai etc starts a new company you're gonna be the first one to know through us so we're basically building this search engine for startups and, you know, that's been, that's been pretty interesting. And, you know, on the side, run a fund called Block Community Capital, if yep. you want Silicon Valley before. Um, and, yeah, we, uh, we're raising actually a bigger fund now. Um, you know, Chuck's one of our, our partners there. And, you know, it's, uh, we kind of started as a joke last year and then, you know, it turned into a thing. So it's been, it's been crazy. Well, there is a lot to break down out of all of that. Uh, my favorite line there, though, is that it was all from the bathroom. Uh, is all from the bathroom. So when you're doing when you're doing this first growth late at thirteen, what are you doing for them? Are you helping them with their digital social strategy? Are you you know actually coding and doing SEO for like mostly web? Like what does that look like at thirteen? It was honestly just like the the zero background entry job, right? Because I guess coding you have to learn a ton about it, but like growth, it's really just marketing, right? And sure. Or like figuring out how to grow your user base. And, you know, you, it's really just trial and error, right? You start with some things, see if it works, see what sticks and what doesn't stick. Um, and basically, I just spam Discord servers. Like I did something that, that was, was super repetitive did, yeah. and I would never recommend. But I would just spam Discord servers for like a month straight. And hey, ended get up it getting done at all costs, right? Yeah. But like my Discord account has been banned like three or four times. Like, so yeah, doing you'll that, be so. fine. Make a new one. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, they they IP banned me. So, oh, did they really? Yeah, they IP banned me at one point. It was so what sad. are you the VPN now? Uh yeah, I <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Um, so now you know with this new company, Aviato. Uh, are are you doing like the coding behind it? How did the idea come to you? And what are your goals with this? So during the time when I was a venture scout, right, basically, you know, I was, I was kind of joking around. Everyone was like, you know, finding investors is kind of like dating. So I actually made an actual hookup out between founders and VCs. And that's like kind of how it initially started. And um, it kind of turned into a thing, right? I was, I was talking to Sam Altman one day. So he's the founder of OpenAI. Um, and also, yeah, he's the founder of OpenAI. Casual. He's there the, you go. President, he's the president of YC. Well, I met, met him through our mutual and, you know, I was, I was asking him, like, what makes this Y Combinator application so efficient? So initially we started as this, like, common app for, you know, uh, funds, right? You would, you, because fund partners take about seven to eight calls a day. And, you know, like, 
three-fifths of them are like an absolute waste of time. And you could save time from these calls. It would just make a lot of sense, right? So initially, it was just like, okay, let's just say you get intro to someone. You would send them an Aviato link, and they would basically pitch through it, right? And that's what we initially did, and it worked. And it was like, okay, so what? this makes sense, but it couldn't really be our central product, right? You know, on the fund, um, we use a ton of software like this. And we've, I've tried PitchBook before when I was a venture scout, and it was just absolutely horrible. And it was like, okay, so this video thing didn't make sense, I guess, you know, selling to funds about more of like a feature instead. What if we just built this data engine? And that's what we did and we pivoted. And, you know, it's been absolutely crazy because so many funds want something like this, right? It's a really good it would idea. Just be too expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because like funds, it's such, such a lucrative market. And it was just would take too much to, I guess, build something in-house, right? And they would just rather buy something like that. And there's not really anything out, out there that is actually much of a value-add product for them. So It's really smart, man. It's a great idea. Um, now, while you're still in 10th grade, I guess the question then comes, you're doing all of this. It doesn't seem like you have to be in school. Why are you still in school? Um, that's because my mom's Asian. So, oh, <laughs> simple answer. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's been interesting. I guess, I mean, it doesn't hurt to go to college for one or two days and drop out, but like, you know, um, <laughs> One I guess I've been over. Days. I've been able to over optimize school, so <laughs> I I understand. So how do you? I, I guess the question is because if I was you know thirteen, I would listen to this podcast religiously, trying to figure out what you've done and what you can do. And from my, my I, life advice is horrible. So I don't think so. I've listened to you <laughs> talk before. You're pretty pretty dang wise. Um, and so what qualities would you say that you have that none of your other fellow schoolmates have? I guess one of the main things, it's pretty cliche, but I would just never take a no. And if it's like, you know, I would make them say yes or bug them until someone says yes, right? Like, I, I just never give up um, to, to a good extent. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's not too good. I feel like I'm a little bit too stubborn, but yeah. So do you, are you like a total school punter? Do you not do any of the work? Do you use AI to do the work for you? Like, are you, are you just like saving time at every turn to try to maximize? Because to accomplish all that in two years is pretty unheard of. It's three, it's just during quarantine. If you had like a computer, you'd basically do anything. I, I can't yeah. talk about the school things because I can't get suspended. Uh, I got an in-school suspension enough. for bringing ring light into the school bathroom. As like a joke, and yeah, I got two days of in-school suspension for that. Um, <laughs> that seems ridiculous. But, out of all the things, yeah, we, we, like a, we had like a photo shoot in there too. So you would think yeah. that the school would view you as some some uh, someone that will make the school look great in the future. That's how I no. would view it. <laughs> um, some teachers in my school are anti-capitalism, so it's actually not a good thing because I'm from, I guess, sort of like the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, Carmel, it's like somewhat suburban in indiana which is like rural overall but you know it's a nice part right but it's like most people i guess are you know like before i got into tech it's like everyone's either a doctor or a lawyer right and that that's how you kind of define success and ever you know like that kind of stuff um so it, it's definitely like a different i guess vibe when you're comparing to like san francisco or new york sure so you know a lot of people still think that tech is more of like a ponzi scheme so wow yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's, it's, it's a different I, environment so yeah that is that is definitely unique um 
how do your par are your parents supportive of everything that you're doing? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they still know what I do. Uh, they don't, I don't know. I don't know if they know what I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they, they've been, they, they've been pretty supportive. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's been interesting. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been crazy just because like the people that I got to work with and that kind of stuff, I guess my friends are like, oh, I've probably heard of them before. So we're like, amazing. oh, this person's big in the Asian community. <laughs> That's great. You mentioned that you'd had a few conversations with Sam Altman. What was your, what was your feeling on him? Does he strike you as somebody who can lead humanity into the future? Because that's sort of the position that he's in right now. I think he's probably going to build one of the most valuable companies in like the next five to 10 years, right? Um, incredibly smart person. Very, very, I guess, down low, right? You know, you compare it to a ton of different other people. Um, he just has a pretty low ego and he's just a hard builder, right? And, you know, this is like the qualities that you want to look for when, you know, someone's actually doing legitimate things, right? I don't think it's just going to be him that's going to bring it forward. There's going to be a ton of different people, right? I guess he's going to be one of them. So I'm pretty optimistic. That's cool. What What do you want to be doing? Or is that exactly what you're doing right now? Minus, I assume, the school part of things. But uh, do you, what makes you the happiest? What gets you the most excited? Is it building the tech companies on your own in areas that you're passionate about? Is it the investing? What gets you the most fired up? Um, I guess it's really just meeting the people, right? You know, that's going to be one of the most important things. Um, because the more people you meet, I feel like the more of a North Star you're going to get, right? Um, you know, the the smarter the people you're going to meet, the the more you're going to be like, oh, shoot, I'm so dumb, but I want to, like, improve, right? And you, you end up learning so much just by talking with a lot of these people. Um, I guess I'm kind of just going with the flow at this point, um, you know, trying to build yeah. it as big as I can. I'm just going with the flow, not expect like not expecting what's going next or not expecting a, a big outcome out of it. Uh, just seeing how how far I can go, you know. Uh, so not a good answer, but yeah. Well, that's a great answer. You build long term relationships with long term people, and you know things tend yeah, to work like, out. Don't be transactional. Yeah, like main thing is just don't be transactional, right? You know, come in expecting just like oh, you know, um, like love to like just be a, a nice genuine good human being and yeah they're they're gonna want to work with you right so 100 percent, you deliver and the world is yours um but w one thing that i i really liked that i heard you say in um in another interview was the value Damn, of, the value of building your own brand uh and how that will positively affect everything you talked about shit posting in the bathroom earlier um, what, so, how do you sort of place that into your, uh, ecosystem of opportunity of value and how big of a part do you think that plays in everything that you're doing? Yeah. So essentially like building a brand, right. It's just something that's not replicatable. Um, you know, it, or it's very, very hard to replicate. You could replicate code, you could replicate, you know, designs so on and so forth. I, the, the main thing it's like you know let's just say Naval starts a company right and you're you know starting in the same space he's probably going to get more customers just because he's built more relationships and he knows a ton more people right versus you um so you know it like brand is just something that's not replicatable and if we could nail it down it would just be incredibly good um initially like and you know to build a brand or find what you can kind of do you kind of just have to meet more people um, like initially, like what I started on was like, I would, I'd basically write like the scraper, right. And it would put their Twitter usernames behind a Cali link. And then I would just automatically book calls with people. 
And, you know, I just booked calls with a ton of different people. And, you know, these people had so many calls that they didn't even realize that I booked a call. So they just took it. And, you know, a lot of them actually turned out to be like our early people or early investors that helped us a ton, like the founder of GitHub. Like he was one of the people that I booked calls with, right? Just by through the Calendly thing. And then like as what, time what was grows, the Calendly hack? I want to I dive into so that really quick. You would basically like put their Twitter username, right? Behind this Calendly thing. And Calendly is like this meeting scheduling, right? And you would basically, a lot of people have the same username on their Twitter, like their Calendly username. And you would basically put that and it would find their Calendly links. Dude, and it would basically- genius. That's meeting. amazing. So this was like, this was like how it was like early, I guess 2021-ish or end of 2021. And I, I, you know, some people absolutely hated me for doing that. And this is like before, you know, people found out about this on um, some people like absolutely hated me for like, you know, doing that. So it was, uh, it, it was interesting. Right. And then I would just show up in the bathroom and I just take the call and they were going to be like, Oh, nice. This is interesting. Um, but yeah. And then as you know, time, time grew, I guess, you know, initially you do things that don't scale and then, you know, building your brand is like one of the best ways to scale. Right. You know, yep. um, you can't reach out to 10 people a day, you know, every single day, right? If you build up a brand, people are going to reach out to you and you're going to be able to meet a ton more cool people in a way more scalable way, right? So do you, how do your classmates feel about you and what you're doing? Do they know that you're like secretly raising $20 million funds and launching tech companies and exiting tech companies and talking to some of the most powerful people in the world while also being in like, Math class? Um, not really. It's just like, oh, this kid's in the bathroom again. Uh, let's see, let's see how long he's gonna be in here. Um, it's it's hard to explain because we're basically building an enterprise software company, right? So it's just somewhat niche, um, and that kind of stuff. And you just have to realize there's a the ton of you know subsects out there, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, some teachers think that I'm building a Ponzi scheme. Some. Uh, some students think I'm an OnlyFans account manager. So, you know, this it, is it, all different, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's been interesting. Like I've been able to meet a ton of really, really cool people and from like all different types of, I guess, backgrounds, right? You know, um, like well, like one, one day we, 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 we ran out, uh, we did a party at the Hype House and, you know, Addison Ray's dad came and that was, that was interesting. So, <laughs> but yeah, okay. it, Got, you know, to, got to meet like a ton of, I guess a ton of people. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I have an Instagram, right? And, you know, some kids from my school follows me. So, it, you know, it just depends. <laughs> it seems like you just love people. You love meeting new people. You love hanging out with new people. Um, do you go to, do you go to like high school parties and things like that? Or do you, do you totally High school parties are kind of lame now. Like yeah. all the parties I went through in the summer. Like, yeah, some crazy parties over the summers. Like, my first time in San Francisco was in May. And, you know, I, swear, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to spend the summer here. And I spent the summer in San Francisco. And I was like, you know what? This is this is cool. But, like, now, like, high school parties are kind of lame. So, yeah. I believe that. I believe that. They were lame a few years ago, too. So, I... Yeah. You're not missing... Switch out the hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're not missing anything. You're doing uh, things that will continue to compound. What, what do you... Um... And obviously there is no correct answer uh, or even correct answer, like as in what it will end up being. But what would you want to do if you could do anything in the world right now? Like if you could run any um, company, if you could uh, raise a trillion dollars and put that towards like an industry, 
Uh, would you want to be president? Like, what, what would you want to do if you could do anything? I could do anything. Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, it's it, it depends because like I was I was ta- I was with my co-founder and he's a really he's really really into deep tech and he kind of red pilled me into deep tech, right? You know, building jetpacks, right, and that kind of stuff. I just find it super cool, especially with these people. Um, they're just absolutely hardcore builders, right? You know, you would. Sam Altman is, is is one of them, and they would basically like you know heads down build like uh, you know because for deep tech it's you know this is your life goal right you have because outcomes come out maybe after ten years of building it versus like software where it's like maybe a few months right and it's just easy barrier um, I guess building cool things with deep tech I think that would be really really dope um, but also you know there is like a ton of things that like I'm interested in. Um, you know, this sounds cliche, but it's also like AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. Uh, probably going to take over the world one day. Um, what, what does yeah, take over the world mean in your eyes? What does that mean? You know, Terminator might happen, right? Oh. Because people, people know so less about, you know, more neural networks because it's just such a black box. Right. And that's like the underlying, you know, tech behind, I guess, deep learning, machine learning and artificial intelligence, right. Or artificial intelligence in general. Um, and if you could build something that could actually think for itself and that kind of stuff, like that would be just absolutely crazy. And they would kind of be like superior beings, right? And they could essentially do anything. So AI alignment is really, really big, but it's like, okay, so what's, you know, what's, what's like the right next step to do? Um, but yeah, there, you know, there's a ton of things that could be interesting. It's just like, I guess, yeah, just exploring as much as they can and that kind of stuff, you know, so but these are like the two parts I think is is incredibly interesting. So, yeah, I mean, AI in the last few months has definitely gotten its fair share of yeah, uh, media <laughs> media attention. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see it play out. I'm of the camp that I think it's gonna cure every disease. I think it's gonna you know help so many people's lives and then maybe kill everybody. But at least that'll happen after it fixes all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or or before, right? You know, you, you don't know if uh, AGI is here now. It's uh, you know, they it could have developed it, but they're just tricking us, thinking that, you know, making it make us think that it's a lot more dumber, right? So hey, and this knows? might all this might all be a dream, anyways. So <laughs> advice would you give to like a a thirteen year old? Because the conventional wisdom is, you know, to go work hard, go through school, like, uh, you know, play a sport, but like keep all your focus on school where here you are actually helping people. Um, what, what alternate, uh, you know, opinion led you to that point? Yeah. I mean, there's no like right way to like build what you, you know, to, to essentially like build and like what, what, what specifically you want to do, right. If you want to be a doctor, right. You're going to want to stay, stay in school. No one's going to want a doctor that doesn't even know what, you know, what they're doing. Right. You want so it just well really depends on like doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, it's really just like what you want to do, right? And and I feel like school, I guess it's just missing the point of like, it's, 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 I guess it's an outdated model, which is not really contrarian at this point too. But basically, you know, getting, getting good grades is somewhat crucial, right? Because you get good grades, um, and then colleges, you know, the, the higher the grade you get, or if you know how to go around or hack around, you know, the system, right? Um, you know, the, the higher your grade is, the, I guess the better school you're going to go to. And when you get a bunch of smart people in a school, it just makes a lot more sense. Right. Um, but I don't think it's the most effective way. Right. Or if you could, I guess, start as early as possible and build, 
don't because you still have like a safety net, right? If everything else fails and you're 15, right? You're not gonna be at the bottom, right? That kind of, that kind of stuff. You could always restart. They restart maybe in a year or two, right? And that kind yeah. of stuff. If you're 30 and you're doing that, you know, it might, might be a little bit troublesome. Um, totally. So I guess just try as many things as you can very very early on, and also reach out to people because when you talk to a lot a lot of people, you kind of have this north star of like what you want to do, right? And that kind of stuff. You know, you talk to people in different, I guess, in different subsects. Uh, don't listen to other people. Uh, when it comes to some things, like just explore, just find out for yourself, right? That's always better um, on some things, right? Um, but yeah, it, it just explore as much as you can, uh, mm-hmm. talk to as many people, and then f- figure out, you know, there's like not really much of a right way to do something, right? There's so many ways to do things that it's just it's just hard, so. It's funny, like 8 to 18, or let's even say like uh, 13 to 18 is like the best half decade ever because you can do so many things that other people can't do through sweat equity, right? You have no, yeah. you have no overhead. You don't have any expenses, yeah. you know, for most people, you don't have to pay for your own housing and, you know, your own food and your own travel. And you, you know, you don't have to cover all those things. Therefore you can do things that the 25, that the 35, that the 45 year old can't and build things that they can't because they can't take those, you know, risks unless they've already been successful enough to do it. And if they're already successful enough, then they're probably uh, just going to raise capital and outsource it, right? Uh, so exactly. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful position. And I think that, uh, I hope that in the future, the education system, you know, encourages more of that because it's why I love your story so much. It's because like, you're, you're just freaking going out on your own and, and you're doing it. Um <laughs> I mean, it's just like doing it different, right? I mean, how how would you imagine like a perfect educational system would be? Encouraging people to do their passions and having the system set up right to support them. That yeah, that's I mean that, that would be incredible, right? Um, I, there's just one. I guess this is like less plausible, but have you heard of the network state by Balaji? Mm-mm. What's that? But it was basically like turning. Um, it, it's very very I guess un, not unrealistic. I guess it's so far-fetched in the future. It might happen. It might not happen, right? But it's basically like turning, I guess, um, countries or building countries based off of, um, you know, countries or specific ideologies, right? Instead of, you know, specific, I guess, specific countries that we have now, if you could build, you, you could build countries off of communities, right? And, you know, every single community has a different idea and that kind of stuff. Um, and how the school system would work is like, you know, you basically learn by basically building stuff and, you know, it's probably unrealistic, but you, you know, the, you get, I hate web three, but, or I don't hate web three. I think it's interesting, but, um, <laughs> you know, the underlying infrastructure is not there. Right. But like, if you could get like, um, you know, to, an NFT for like every single task you complete or every single thing you learn and then have that on your portfolio, I think that would definitely be an interesting school system. Right. But it's probably unrealistic. And probably won't happen, but that would. Hey, you know? we'll we'll have a fresh start on a new planet with Mars. So maybe, yeah, maybe new that's planet good, with Mars. Maybe that's a good place to test it out. Um, what um what? So you you said you were a scout for funds before, uh, and now you've you know you're raising have raised this new large fund. Um, and what are the things that you're looking for in a company or an entrepreneur or the leader of that company? For early stages, it's so subjective, right? The thing I look about the most is the team. Because, like, if you have a bunch of really, really crack people on a team, 
they're even if this company doesn't work out, their next company would work out, right? And it's also like they would, even if they have a horrible product, but their team is just the absolute best, right? They're going to fail over and over again until they find something, right? And that kind of stuff. Because they're going to build a good company eventually. Like, this is why I like more about venture capital versus like private equity or hedge funds, so on and so forth, or investment banking is because investment banking is more on the, you know, uh, quantitative side, right? You know, you have to um, have specific metrics because you're you're doing like one or two investments and you're giving a hundred million or that kind of stuff, a large amount to, you know, only one company and it's just more uh, quantitative, right? And then for like uh, venture capital, it's more of like a spray and pray. You want to deploy as much capital as to as many founders as possible or as many good founders as possible because one of them are, is eventually going to return your whole entire fund, right? And that's how VC works. It's an interesting but pretty small asset class. Um, and you know, it's, it's just like for a team, it's like you want to invest in as many crack founders as possible. So like if one of them works out, it's probably going to return your whole entire fund. What kind but it's of also founders building, did you say? Just really, really cracked. Really, really cracked? great, great, great. Yeah. Like, you I've know, I've never heard uh, that term. That's great. Psychedelic. <laughs> psychedelic. Oh, okay. Um, no. Okay. No. Uh, crackhead founder. I mean, like really, really good founders. Right. And that's, you know, uh, and that kind of stuff. It's just a lot people based. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny world. Do you have a favorite company that you guys have gotten involved in or that you've been involved in in the past? Yeah, we're actually doing one right now. So I'm really optimistic about this company called Fireflies. They just secured a NASA contract and, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're in progress with that right now. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, there is a few. Uh, Christians has done some really good investments. And then Chuck, uh, he's helping us raise um, you know, a, a bigger fund too. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like everyone on the team is just absolutely great. So they all have like such a great story, which is going to be, which is going to be super cool. I know I've, I've heard a little bit about some of the other guys that are involved and the stories across the board are amazing from like going to Stanford at what, 10 years old to like, you know, every, everything that some of the other folks have done. It's pretty cool. Um, how do you balance, you know, uh, sort of like, or try to stay as level-headed as possible? you know, with all these things going on in your life and, uh, you know, not even time management, just like mind management. How do you deal with mind management? <laughs> um, I kind of wish I did that better. Um, but I don't know. I just, uh, like, I, I just kind of go with a flow with everything and, you know, just like, oh, if this week's busy and I'm going to do a ton of work, right? This week's not busy. I'm still going to do some work, but you know, probably like take some time off. Um, it, it just really depends like on week and I'm just you know, a hardcore grinder. So there's a ton of work on that and that kind of stuff, you know, it's like always, it's kind of always working, um, but you know, learning along the way. So is there anything you like to do outside of building products and raising money and, and investing in entrepreneurs? Um, yeah, I mean, d you know, go, go to the gym. I used to swim, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, hang out with a ton of friends sometimes, you know, well, with our team, we also play a ton of Minecraft. Um, nice. because like a lot, a lot of our team actually comes from the Minecraft hacking community or Minecraft exploiting community. Those are the best talent. It's crazy. Of course. Because like that's like the founder of pipeline and like the crack coder or like the really, really good coder pipeline. It is absolutely amazing. Right. So yeah, we play a ton of Minecraft. Um, hack on Minecraft a lot. So yeah, you'll, it's, uh, there's a ton of things. You'll like this. I'm, so I'm 22, but I feel like 87 and I'm so <laughs> old that I played Minecraft when it was free, 
It was it was oh. uh, when it first when it first came out. It was free to download. That's how old I am. Damn. <laughs> yeah, me and my friend. Ninety, right? I mean, that was <laughs> no. I was born in two thousand, but um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was good times. I believe that wholeheartedly, though. And my my younger brother plays um plays a ton still. It's a really really smart people are in that game. People are surprised. People downplay video games still to this day. But what they don't realize is all the people who are a uh, building brands on social media and b learning how to you know code engage with other people you know inside these video games. Those are actually people that are going to be running the world. Yeah, it's like a lot of these people that like are like they, they you know, there's like consumers and also like producers, right? You know, there, there's people that consume and just play video games every single day and get addicted, and this is such a double-edged sword, right? And then there's like a subset of people that play these games and like, okay, how can I make these games, right? And you know, those are the people that's, uh, you know, going to, I guess, build up the foundations, right? Minecraft got a ton of people into coding and that kind of stuff. A lot of Asian parents, they act, they they don't let their kids play video games, and they downplay that a lot. So it's it's been interesting. I feel like generally that there there's probably a case for that, like on average yes. across the board, like you said. It, and yeah. I, I think you know also video games and phones have you know made us also like obese as a society. <laughs> <laughs> like people are just outside less and and moving less. Um, so there's definitely a case for that, but like everything, it's very nuanced in there, you know, multiple sides to it. Yeah. Um, but that's so cool, man. Um, yeah, your story, it's really inspiring. And I think it's, uh, you know, as more, more people become aware of it, you know, uh, cool alternative case study for building passions at a younger age, because shoot, if you know what you love, <laughs> like some people get lucky, right? Like. I got lucky that yeah, I got incredibly lucky. I just met the right people at the right time, right? So well, don't don't discredit yourself though. You built, you got, you put yourself in a position to meet those right people at the right time. The luck I'm referring, no, to, I just should post on a toilet. So that, but that's still you <laughs> did it. You did it. You put yourself in the position to do it, um, and you deserve credit for that. But the the luck that I'm talking about is like messing around and testing different passions, and then like finding the passion that you like. Like for me, it was basketball. Like. For you, it was tech and coding and, and you know, that side of things. Um, but for people to just try so many, so many things over and over and over until you find what you love and then take some super high upside risks, at which at your age means time and sweat equity, right? Uh, and yeah. things, things, pretty cool things can happen. <laughs> you are such a, you know, great reminder of. I mean, it's it's definitely been it's definitely been a crazy last three years. So you know, I'm trying to get my brother into it now. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy. So can't complain. I love it. How do you keep your your like ego down? Because you know, I for me, you know, when I was you know 15, 16, that was when I first started to get you know a following online. And the only thing that kept me level was I was so uncool that like it sort of balanced it out <laughs> and I ended up somewhere in the middle. Like I was so uncool and I like transferred high schools and, and stuff. I, I know you, you moved as well when you were younger and like, uh, you know, how did you know that <laughs> I, I heard in a podcast before I'll give you, I'll give you a little, a little hack here. I'll probably keep it in the episode, but before I do podcasts, I go on walks 
and I listened to the podcasts that the guest had done right before, most recently. Um, so that's that's how, but that's a hack for. Yeah, prep. let's go. It's like passive prep. Um, and, <laughs> awesome and, and also like the only form of multitasking is passive. So like walking and listening, I can focus on the listening, but I still get the benefit from the walking topic for another day. <laughs> um, what were we talking yeah. about? Um, ego. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Like, yeah. How, how do you, how do you deal with that? So it's actually like initially like, you know, everyone's going to have an ego, you know, once they get their first one, right. Once they get their first exit, once I guess ego is good for a little time, right? When you're like just going from thing to the thing to the thing to the thing, right? Just because that's your only incentive. If you have, I guess, low ego or that kind of stuff when you're starting out, um, I mean, ego is horrible, right? But it's also still like there's good and there's bad. Um, like when you're starting out, you know, ego could help you drive to more things, so on and so forth. Um, but you eventually like you have to notice it, right? And you have to be, I guess, being able to take feedback, right? Because everyone's gone through this ego phase, right? Um, or everyone that started super young. And you could see a lot of celebrities, they fell off because they had a high ego and they thought this is their peak. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. So um, there's a really good book. It's called Ego is the Enemy. So one of my really close friends, is, his name is Sejal. Now he works for Naval. Um, but he was like one of my, I guess, close mentors, right? And initially it was like, um, you know, it was like, I, I somewhat had an ego and I was like, you know what? Um, he was like, yep, that's something that you have to fix. Right. And, uh, he gave me a few books and, you know, like every single time he noticed something, he would just tell me. And that's like why having really good people on your side is just incredibly great because these people would tell you what you got wrong and that, and that kind of, and like honest feedback is, is the best feedback. Right. And if you could build a culture where you're able to get a ton of honest feedback, like that's going to help you improve. Right. Um, and he was like, here's, read this book. It's ego's the enemy. You know, that's, uh, that's where it's at. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a great book. And you know, there's just so many examples and then, you know, you know, like, okay. So, and also it's like surrounding yourself with smart people. If you surround yourself with, I guess, incredibly, um, you know, dumb people, that's like, you're like the top, right. You're definitely in the wrong group because, you know, you would be incredibly egotistic, but like, once you're like with super smart people where they they have more brain cells than you. And you're like, holy shit, I don't know what they're talking about, but this sounds cool. I'm going to listen in. I'm going to learn as much as I can, right? And like that kind of stuff, you're, you know, you're going to have low ego and it's just like you want to be willing to learn and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like surround yourself with smarter people, right? Because you're, you're only going to have an ego if you're surrounding yourself with not, or not, I mean, not like intelligent people, but you know, you get what I mean. But yeah, hey, Chuck, let's go. Brain brain cells up. <laughs> brain cells up. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um Chuck, are you there? What's up, dude? How are you? No, you're good. You're good. You know, with all of this under your belt now, and you've obviously you're very well read as well. Uh how do you look forward at, you know, fragmenting your time into different areas while still exploring new areas because you are 15. You just kind of got to learn as much things as you can, right? When you're like still building, you still have to, you know, learn new things. And it's like, and you're going to new, learn new things if you're surrounding yourself with really, really smart people because they're going to tell you, oh, you, know, you should learn this, you should learn that, right? And, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, just like partition a good chunk of time to learning and yeah, just do as, as much as you can. So 
What are some, you mentioned a few books that you've read throughout this. Uh, do you have any favorites top of mind that everybody, um, you think everybody should read? Yeah. So Ego is the Enemy is a good one. Uh, it was, uh, I have like a bunch of books. It's like, uh, what's it called? There's like a, there's like a few I'm reading. It's like, uh, oh yeah. What? I forgot the titles, but, um, yeah, there's like, Life 3.0, that's a good one. And then Ego's the Enemy, and then Paper Bell and Fire. Um, yeah, there, there's so many great books. It's like I, I started getting back into reading like before I sleep, and it's been, uh, it's been interesting. It's great. I know you're a big Naval fan. Uh, Naval, the book that Naval didn't write, but it's about all of his thoughts, one of the best books ever. Al Almanac by, oh, yeah, yeah, Sigil Navy. So I... Yeah, like, Naval's great. Sigil's a great Naval fan. Um, but yeah, he, he's a smart guy, so he's, uh, he's pretty great. That's, that's definitely a fun one. Um, are there any new areas that you like to, that you've been enjoying exploring of late? Um, yeah, I've, I've been really, really um, into, I, I guess, you know, really, really into um, just, there's, there's like a few because my, my co-founder kind of red-pilled me into deep tech, so and also a ton of different people. Uh, so yeah, like Life 3.0, it's about I guess like just development of AGI, which is you know do I mentioned earlier, and you know that's just something that I've been pretty interested in lately. So it's been it's been interesting. There's like a ton of I guess there's a ton of stuff out there. So, do you think that Twitter is the best social media platform, and why? It's like in the intersection between like LinkedIn and also Instagram, right? And essentially, you can meet so many different people out there. Um, if you get into like the right niche, right? You get into tech Twitter, you could basically reach out to like, there's just so much value. It's not really Twitter itself. It's really the DMs, right? You know, you could basically reach out to anyone. Um, and if you send a really good message and get one person to kind of vouch for you, right? It opens up the whole entire network, so. Yeah, the... Um... You know, especially as all platforms have rolled out, you know, in-app verification for the world, it becomes so much more on, you know, who the mutuals are, right? Because everybody always saw everything. Like there was this like misconception on Instagram years ago that like celebrities didn't see every single DM. They see everything. Everyone sees everything. Um, now, the question is, do they give it a half a second or a minute? right? And how do you differentiate yourself, you know, to be able to get that? But you're so right, DMs on every platform. And that, that's why brand building is so valuable, because you build your brand up to a point. And then, you know, the, uh, you know, every cosign, every thousand followers that you go up, the likelihood of other people in that field responding to you, you know, increases, unless you do something really dumb and self cancel. But you know, you yeah, know there's yeah. that too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, like I just avoid being controversial on Twitter. So controversy, um don't talk about politics. Not interested in that. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> I'm with you there. But, but yeah. This shit was on Twitter. Take everything pretty tame. And yeah. You um something interesting that, that I I've found from this conversation is that you think you obviously think a lot about longevity um in your career because you've mentioned shelf life of other you know, industries of people, how much thought and energy do you put towards that? And is that why you like entrepreneurship so much? Because it has an infinite shelf life, you know, as one could say, compared to like a YouTuber or celebrity? 
Yeah, I mean, so I don't think about it this much, but a lot of people talk to me about it. And it's, uh, you know, like celebrities, right? They, they really have a shelf life. It's like, okay, so you go up here for a while, you're going to reach your peak. If you, you know, if you manage to stay at your peak, right, you got to iterate. And the main important thing isn't really what industry you're going on. It's always iterating and being different in every single way, right? You can't, like, bathroom's not going to stay forever. You're probably going to, it's probably going to last a year. You got to iterate and build something new, right? So there's, you know, you just got to constantly iterate, be creative. The, the, t- the time when you, like, stop, I guess, iterating is a time when you're probably going to fall off, right? Or, you know, uh, reach your peak, so. Yeah, and usually when people become successful, they, you know, have less incentive to iterate. And well, they have more to lose, so less incentive to iterate, and therefore try to like maintain, which, as we all yeah, know, is so. impossible. You know, there's not a single person that has ever maintained. People get bored too easily. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's that too. I mean, like, a great examples of this are like Olympic world record holders in their field, and then like, you know, like people who could juggle. 2000 things like it you know it's good for the first five times you see it but then you know there's there's nuance and that's what will keep somebody yeah, you, you, you juggle six things now so <laughs> yeah exactly um well eric this has been a blast where where can people find you best on you know on twitter eric zoo 105 i'm eric zoo 105 everywhere uh only fans eric zoo 105 um yeah did so. you make did you make an, an only fans landing page yeah, you know, there's I started making finance tutorials on there. So, <laughs> did you actually? <laughs> I have an account, but I, I'm not old enough to get ID verified. But there's like there's actually um t- like tutorials, like um I guess like real estate tutorials, investment tutorials. One of my one of my close investor friends he actually has an OnlyFans too. So, the well, trajectory is changing. The biz <laughs> the business is genius. I mean, it's it's like uh slightly better user interface than like Patreon, right? Yeah, um, it's like Twitter. It's exactly the Twitter UI, so. It's it's just that, uh, you know, there's a... Oh, if Elon Twitters don't work out, I, I know where to go, so. <laughs> there's a slight, you know, uh, let's just say view of the platform. <laughs> I don't know how better to put it. <laughs> uh, there's definitely, uh, people have some opinions um, about that <laughs> platform, but... That's really cool, man. Well, the, I, re- the revenue is crazy. It's like nine hundred million a year. Yeah, and they have no expenses, so it's all profit. Yeah, and yeah. there are other servers, and they're a privately held company. <laughs> I mean, their server costs can't be that much, right? Bro, I mean, video content it, it gets pretty expensive, and you know, so I bet their margins are all right. Uh, the margins are pretty good. Yeah, so like this, every single software company, like the margins are absolutely crazy. So <laughs> I love it. Well, dude, I cannot wait to see what you do over the next couple of years. Hopefully, you come back on in a few years and uh, we do this Touch thing. Face. We do this. We do this thing back. And uh, you know that. Speaking of shelf life, last thing I'll say is that's my favorite thing about podcasts like this because this is good forever. You know, this is your story, yeah. man. And your story, right. it's its just getting started. I can't wait to see what you do. I'm i am here to help and support in any way I can. And uh, just keep crushing, brother. Yeah, awesome chatting. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's been pretty nice. So. Dope. All right. We'll see you all next time. Follow Eric on Twitter. All that information will be linked below. And we'll see you next time. Peace.